Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Slumber Party Podcast. Today is a BFF episode with Lisa and I. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Very we don't have any. Oh, yeah. it, it, we've just made a game time decision to record right now. So this is the most <laughs> informal. But I, I think these are our best episodes. I always like when people message on um, Instagram, it's usually like after one of these episodes. So let's, uh, I mean, I think this is just really creating the point that we need our own constant reality show, which has been our thesis from the very beginning of our friendship. <laughs> I know, it's so true. Slightly the narcissistic. The things they see. <laughs> <laughs> the things they hear. Yeah, um, I think, you know, like, you and I are so similar in so many ways and so different in other ways, you know? It's like, it really is, like, that perfect combination of two people <laughs> like we need each other to make one whole awesome person a hundred percent we like we're bringing like together we're a complete human <laughs> right right um for those of you who are watching today's episode uh on youtube thank you don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a little comment. Let's get let's get it out there, yos. Yos? I just yos, said, yo, yos. please edit that. <laughs> um, I I don't know how I'll ever recover. I think we need to I think I need to quit everything right now. Um, based on that. Perhaps you anyway. turn off my my very professional setup uh, for our professional. YouTube viewers. I am Prof- on you the ground. What? Uh, well I would just this is something that's bothering me and I need to take literally five minutes to figure it out but you can see um I'm I moved my office to the basement a little while ago and if you're again if you're seeing and if you're just listening head on over to YouTube to watch but behind me there's this like there's my um fake uh you know peel and stick wallpaper and it all looks like really nice but there's that still like 1991 carpet that you can't unsee and it drives seen crazy. some life <laughs> seen various families like we need to get it out but it's like last on our list unfortunately yeah, exactly. um but it, it, you know what? I like my little space. Like I almost don't want to lose it now. It's kind of like it was a concession to be down here. Mm. And now I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not in any rush for the renovation. Cause I, I like having this space a lot. And um, having money also is nice. Cause having money is nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're about to start Living. a basement renovation and uh, I think I will probably not be sending my children to post-secondary. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> They seem yeah, kind of dumb. they'll live in the basement. <laughs> that was a joke. Children, <laughs> if you're ever listening to this, that was only for comedic purposes. You will right. you will you're so smart that you don't need the money because you'll get a full ride. That's that's right. That's right. Well, at least one of um, them. William. Anyway. <laughs> Specifically, sorry, sorry, but that is the one. No, no, no. Okay. Anyway, we have to like start talking about the actual content or else I feel like people, people are already done. They're like, no, this is such an offensive podcast. Did you listen to this one? She said that her kids wouldn't go to university because they were so dumb. Anyway. 
No, okay. I said one of them will go to university because he's so smart. <laughs> That's true. And then we named his name specifically. All right. So today's Alrighty. question I, I thought was really interesting. Again, um, actually, this person, this is good. So people don't think it's you again, Lisa. Um, uh, this person left their name. It's Jessica. Jessica left us a voicemail. Um, and I really like this question. So we are going to jump right in. So listen up. Hello, baby's best sleep. I hope you are all having a fabulous day today. My question or concern is mostly surrounding the time of year we're heading into. So it's coming from summer, going to fall. The days are getting shorter. The nights are getting longer. My son is two and a half years old. He normally wakes up right at 6.30 every single morning. But now that it's getting darker, it kind of takes a little bit longer and we end up having to wake him up. Is there any sort of piece of advice that you would have in terms of waking up toddlers as opposed to them naturally waking up on their own? Because my biggest concern is that he's not getting enough sleep, even though he's going to bed at the same time he has the entire summer. Thank you so much. All right. So this is such a great question. Um, And I feel like we have a lot of variations of this question. So we might get a question similar in, in the realm of, you know, what do I do? And by the way, sorry, before I go on, thank you, Jessica, for giving us that wonderful question. Um, And remember, folks, uh, you can head over to our Instagram, uh, click on the link in bio, you will find our voicemail, you can leave a voicemail completely anonymously. Um, That's that would be great. And we use your your question on the podcast. Anyway, Okay, so on that note, uh, you know, Jessica's question is common and it's usually around the concept of how much interference essentially do I need to have in sleep? And that's a great question. Um, I have my thoughts. Lisa, what are your thoughts as a mom of three? What are your, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm curious as to like what your natural inclination is as a non, as a person who doesn't talk with people about baby sleep every day. Right. <laughs> what you do, you just indirectly. I'm the, yeah, I'm the, I'm the, the test subject on the other end. Yeah. Um, no, I, like, even this morning, um, I, my, my little one, you know, she's like the unicorn baby who I've never had this before with my other two, but she is a sleeper. Like she sleeps mm-hmm. longer than my older kids. And so, yeah, um, with the time change and she does tend to go to bed a little later than what her age children do because she's got preteen brothers and it's a whole it's a whole thing and it does work better for the family that she goes to bed a little later but that means she wakes up uh, exactly right before we have to basically (laughs) eat and leave like there's just such a short turnaround time so this morning for example, it's really gloomy and it was snowing and all the things. And um, yeah, I mean, I walk in and I just open those blinds about half an hour before I want her to wake up, right? So I open the, the shades, mm-hmm. let her start waking up. Maybe I'll give her a little tickle just to get her started. And um, yeah, I just give her the grace of that half hour to wake up. But I always wake. I, I try If it's not you the weekend, okay. I always wake. Um, 
past like eight o'clock or seven o'clock i i have to otherwise the whole day is and and what would yeah okay that's my question so like let's say so two scenarios for you here then so what would happen i i understand why you'd want to wake her during the week kind of i mean she goes to school like let's go but during the weekend what is your plan and what happens if you don't wake her up um I don't know she just okay. stays uh, like on the weekends yes I do let her sleep in but again yeah. she's it's like the the kid thing right like she yeah wakes up earlier on the weekend and tends to sleep in oh my god that's so annoying on the weekdays <laughs> that is just that is how it okay. is like I, even with my yeah. unicorn I I don't win there um, okay but well, that's- but um on the weekend I do try to like if she falls asleep in the car and she needs that extra nap or that little bit of rest we let her you know especially mm-hmm. with cold and flu season and we've been sick for a while like on and off as yeah. a family and so catching up on that little bit of sleep even on the way home from school we come home from school later like after four and yeah sometimes it doesn't work that great that she takes that little 20 minute nap on the way home but sometimes it yeah. works out well in that like it just kind of gets her to yeah. bed at her regular time which is a little later than normal yeah But yes, to your point, I really try not to obsess with that extra half hour, hour, whatever. It's like, I always believe that children will take what's theirs, like follow Mm -hmm. their clues. And if Mm -hmm. it's a consistent thing, then you address it. But if it's, you know, if it's 15, 20, half hour, you know, here and there, I, I really try not to think about it too much. There's so many other things to think about. There's a lot going on. I feel like you just like sounded the cry of every parent who has more than two children. It's like what? I I can't I can't think about that. It's, That's it, one more no thing room. to track, and I just yeah. don't have the capacity. Yes, exactly. Totally. That's why, like, um, uh, third time parents and plus are my favorite clients because they're like, "Yep, we'll do." I have no other questions because I cannot fathom do 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 we're done great bye yes Um, on that note i have so much compassion for first and second time parents because it is such an overwhelming like thing and sleep is just made to be this like weird scary thing that we have to constantly think about which like i don't really i don't i try not to address it that way you know i try to totally natural (laughs) yeah well and i think that there's a I say this every week. There's so much information. A lot of it is conflicting. Yesterday, I read this piece by Slate on the internet that just like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I just really, and I'm hoping it happens, it, even if it's not me, that we just have like a better, more nuanced conversation around children's sleep that isn't like so polarizing or it's this or it's that or there's this side, or there's that side. It's like, I hate it. I hate it. And I feel like um, because children are such individual people, I don't, I truly believe you can't really take a stance on anything until you, uh, I don't know, uh, like until you've walked a mile in everyone's shoes, essentially, which is impossible. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I I think that um, there's a lot of information 
every parent wants to get it right. There is this concept of a right answer. Um, and I love that you shared first, Lisa, because I think that's um, the exact sort of thing that I would say, that it really depends on your child, right? So I have two kids and my first gets up at the crack of dawn, loves life, just wants to jump in head first. The other is like, oh, all right, I'm here. It's like getting up is like, you know, a struggle. And I mean, it's not like she's tired, but she's like me. She would sleep. I remember... I know this is like very weird, but a formative memory for me is uh, back in the very early 90s. Oh, how much? It might have been like 1988 or 89. But the, we had just got a preview of the Disney Channel. And one of the things on the Disney Channel was Mouseker Size or Mouseker Size? Mouseker Mouse, Mouse Size? That sounds weird. Mouse-ker-size? But it was like. Yeah. Mickey Mouse exercise class for kids. And I was like, I must do that. And my mom was like, I know. You are you (laughs) from the start. (laughs) Yes. So I was like, I have to do that. Like a free Peloton. No, not yet. That was waiting for me in the future though. Um, So I was like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to do this. And my mom was like very like serious Amanda that's really early and I'm like I don't care she's like I'll wake you up for it but I don't think you're gonna like it and I remember the first day she woke me up for Mosker size I was like no no and it was like 6 a.m like it wasn't crazy um but anyway so kids have their own thing I I have the like inclination to kind of answer this question in two ways and so number one I would if I had this question myself I would experiment with outcomes okay so like one of the things that often comes up uh with friends of mine especially like I can't I keep waiting for this to happen it hasn't happened yet but um like on the weekends we will go see friends of ours who also have kids we'll have like a later night my kids are probably in bed closer to nine they're six and eight I wouldn't have done that years ago but they they're in bed closer to to nine-ish on the weekends and most people I know my kids friends my friends kids will sleep in they will sleep in because they were up later and my kids don't. And the only way for me to know that for sure is to do it right now. There is, there could be a part of me that's like, well, I don't want to risk it in case they don't sleep in because then what happens? I'm never going to experiment with this concept or thing that I want to try because what if it doesn't work? And what if my whole day is horrible? And then we spiral and then we end up doing nothing. This is why people like don't transition their babies for naps on time. This is why like we get it stuck into patterns. So my biggest thing would be to answer Jessica really directly is I would experiment with this a little bit. So obviously I would let your baby sleep if it's kind of happening naturally. I mean, that, that, that tells me I wouldn't want to mess with that to a certain degree. If you have to kind of get them up and go to daycare or you have a whole schedule, um, then you might want to start waking them, um, at the appropriate time. But if they seem to need more sleep, because of this time of year, um, for Canadians, 
anyway, uh, we tend to have more darkness. We have more darkness at night. We have more darkness in the morning. You might get away with an earlier bedtime as well because it's so dark here. Like it's starting to get dark at like 445. So you could probably also like make up for any lost sleep on the front end of your sleep at bedtime. So you can kind of play with those times. If you don't have any schedule, if you don't have daycare, if you're just living your life or if it's a weekend, again, I would kind of see where it lays. Now, the the tricky bit um, about sleep-ins in general are when you have a baby who's on more than one nap. Because then you have to imagine that the sleep-in, every kid has a set amount of sleep in them. It's predetermined, whether that's you know, 12, 13 hours, 14 hours. Um, I would say that that changes. It gets less as they get older, but still it's a set amount in that time. If you were saying, I'm going to let my child sleep in, then that will probably mean a shorter nap during the day or protest, more protests than usual at nap time because the same amount of sleep drive is not present at nap time or bedtime for whatever the case may be. And let's say, you know, so then people will say, okay, no problem. Let's say my kid sleeps till eight one day and normally they go to bed at 10. I'll just push their nap time to 11. I wish it was that easy. Generally, I find that babies, when we've totally changed when their sleep is happening, they protest the fact that they're sleeping at a new time. So it's like their body wasn't ready. Their body didn't have the chemical soup ready to sleep at 11. So now they're really angry at you, despite the fact that it's the exact same amount of um, time Mm -hmm. that they've been awake, if that makes sense. Um, generally if you're on one nap, you can be a little more loosey goosey. That tells me that you have an older child and we can start being a little more flexible. So, um, if you were speaking and Jessica is specifically to toddlers, I say, try it and see. Um, I probably wouldn't let them sleep longer than an hour in the morning just for that nap reason. And if they are not napping, then I say have at her and enjoy, like truly. Um, But yeah, it's, I think people really want a very specific answer. But then the truth is, I say we're going to have problems with naps when you you switch and there's 100% going to be that baby who's like, oh, I I don't care when I nap. I can nap at 10. I can nap at 11. And we've lost out on, on an opportunity to try. So even with my clients, like I say that our sleep plan is a working document. All my suggestions are, are open and fluid. And if a, a client is really kind of insistent about something, I will always try it out. I'm like, okay, great. Let's try this out. Let's do this. Um, I'm really, really open to making those things work. Um, obviously where it makes sense. Does that make sense? And going back, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and going back to the Slate article, it's like what you said sort of at the end, I watched your Insta stories this morning, um, that it just, again, it's like, you know, each child is individual, each family's circumstances are individual. And so to focus so much, it's like sleep training and breastfeeding, right? Like the two, like, like oh okay moms don't have it hard enough please please throw in some shame with the sleep and the boob like that's just that drives me completely insane um yeah 
And so it's the same concept, right? Like if breastfeeding isn't working for you for whatever reason, ditch that thing. Throw that thing back in your booby holder, <laughs> you know, throw a bottle in your baby. Like you need to have your kid um, on a schedule that that works for you, for the family. Yeah. And that is always the cornerstone of every sort of smooth running family, right? When I'm from totally. the outside anyways. I actually think that goes with um, a friend of mine said this to me a really long time ago when I went back to work um, and it was a hard decision because I went back to work early and she had said to me that she had stopped making decisions for her kids and made decisions for her family instead. And like, how is everyone functioning? And that has stayed with me ever since, you know, eight years later. And I see that in my work, it really informs my work. So, you know, if you, if your kid sleeping in gives you an extra hour and everyone is fine, then do that. Like, really, I don't think that this stuff is as polarizing as it needs to be. Like, mm-hmm. what I really liked, we keep talking. So Slate, um, the journalistic blog, I don't even know what it is. It's a website that has, like, professional writers. I read Slate all the time. Slate also has a mm-hmm. ton of really great podcasts that I like. But um, uh I was bummed by that Slate article on sleep training. I felt like it was so basic, bitch. And it was very much like, oh, you either want to throw your baby into a crib and let them scream unassisted for hours and hours, or you're you're co-sleeping and breastfeeding and the baby is on you. And I was like, this is not where we are. This is so outdated. Um, and anyway, so this particular Slate article um, kind of, it's funny because she pretended to be like, oh, I still don't even know where I stand on this. But the whole article is so anti-sleep training. I can't even tell you. And then so the comments were actually really good and really thoughtful about people saying like, I just feel like you can't make this decision until you have your child. Where you know, someone had said, I didn't sleep train my first and I did the second or vice versa. Like there were very different kids. Um, You're going to have kids like the author of this article had mentioned how at 10 months, she just put her child in their bed and then they started sleeping on their own. I believe that that happens, but those people would never hire me. Like this is not, we're talking about very different situations. And, And what I think is we have Uh, what we have is confirmation bias of like, well, this is my experience. Therefore, people who can't hack it, like I can hack it, there's something wrong with them or they're, they're missing a piece that I don't have. And I am here to tell you, having worked with so many clients now, like literally thousands over the last years, it's not that my clients can't hack it or they, they haven't tried. I'm their last resort. Who would want to pay anyone money to do something that would be free? Like, give me a break. Anyway, yes. a little bit of a tangent, just a slight, but it goes along the same line of it really depends on your child. Don't be afraid to experiment and you might not get it right, but that's information and you can just go back. Like you can't really yeah. screw it up. No. And I always want to add to this is that 
you can also i know even though we're talking about jessica's toddler um i assume maybe like two-year-old right or but even still even still i think that including your baby into the process and having a calm voice like with really with anything and everything like i love cooking but hate to cook with my kids for example (laughs) right like just preparing them and myself emotionally for that and like functioning at a bit of a different frequency like turning my brain off and loving mats um (laughs) would be another suggestion for for like a, a mom that let's say has some some um oh my gosh my brain um that is like doesn't want to try this or apprehensive exactly okay so she you know just talk your child through it like oh here's here's what we will try here's our cute little routine let's try this let's try something new yes just oh and like involving your child right into into this like what pjs do you want to try out for this earlier or later bedtime you know all of those things I feel like made such a big difference for me in terms of parenting styles and with yeah. all different, with the 20 personalities of my three children. Um, <laughs> it's, it helps to sort of like, even just talk yourself down when you're nervous yeah. about something, right? Like if you're just yeah. explaining it and over explaining it to your kids and yeah, just vibrate at a different frequency when you're around them, especially around polarizing things like sleep eat like eating mm-hmm. right now i feel like is a whole other battle i have to deal with too <laughs> so yeah. i'm drawing on that experience of just trying to stay completely neutral and unbothered by the fact that my child refuses to eat on that note as well like i i i have um I have like an uh, instinctual knowing about something. And this is like a weird thing to talk about. I I had dinner with my friend, um, Dr. Tanya Kotler, who is a unbelievable maternal mental health uh, psychologist. She, she's just an overall psychologist that knows everything. But anyway, and she was on this podcast. So if you're interested in her, go take a look at her episode. Um, she's great. She is great. And she's an expert in my certification class as well. And she's always one of the favorite parts of of the course. When people do their reviews, they always talk about her. Anyway, I sort of was explaining this thing to her and she was like, yeah, that's a thing. But anything that you are, anything that you are suggesting to your kid, whether it's around food, sleep, diaper changes, if you have anxiety about it, they will mimic you immediately. There is yeah. nothing, there are no secrets. I learn this and I talk about this all the time. Absolutely. If you know, when I talk especially with my toddler clients and preschool clients who are doing sleep work for the first time, and we're talking about three, four, and five year olds who've never slept alone, there's a reason for that. It's because not doing it terrifies the parents or the protest terrifies the parents or the parents have a thought like I might be damaging or hurting my child. And I always say, if you have that thought, we can't do this work or we shouldn't. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But you you can't be in this middle place where you're like, oh, I want to do it. Do I want it? You have to like be committed. You have to be confident. 
there's an energy like you are the leader. They pick up on every single thing. If you feel anything, they will know. And if you are saying, go to bed and you're not believing it, they won't either. If you're saying, I want to try this new thing with your nap routine and it's, they're not buying it, like it's not going to happen. If you are, this is a big one. If you are traveling and you say, my baby won't sleep the whole time, well, you've written your whole future. Of course they will. And it's like I was having a conversation recently with a client about um, my children don't have any hangups about sleep or sleeping independently because I never have. I don't think it's bad. I don't think I've damaged them. I don't have any energy around it. And because of that, my, my kids don't have any energy around sleep. There's not fear around sleep. There's no bullshit around sleep. They're like, yeah, we like sleep. Bye. Like this morning on my stories, they asked me, like, what are your thoughts about sleep? She's like, I get up at six. I'm like, I know you get up at six, but like, she doesn't have any thoughts about sleep. I never have any thoughts about sleep because my parents were like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once I'm in it, I love it. Um, so that's what it is like and I I I kind of coined something in in my conversation with this client I said you have to have car seat confidence about everything that you do and so what car seat confidence is kids fucking hate car seats they hate them on and off for the whole however many years they are in them especially as they get older and I get it you put them in a seat you strap them down in in tight, tight, tight things. They can't move. It's awful. And so they hate car seats, but we don't say, oh my God, you shouldn't be in a car seat. There is an energy in our body that says, no, this is a non-negotiable. Of course, you're going to be in a car seat. If we get into a car accident, something bad will happen to you. There is a uh, uh, energy that you bring that children get. I'm not fucking with that. I don't fuck with that energy. There is something there. There, they mean business. Okay, that was me in sleep, uh, uh, very unconsciously. Like I didn't make that happen. But when it comes to any change, when it comes to anything that you are implementing, any experimentation, you have to be car seat confident, or it's not going to work. And you shouldn't try until you are car seat confident. Yes. And if you can't be car seat confident, you got to let your partner do it. (laughs) Yes. 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 Get in there. Um, Get that partner in there. Get them doing all the things. Lisa, we're at 30 minutes. A full 30 minutes. Wowie, wow, wow. For you and I. (laughs) I know. We can go for hours. We should do like a live on TikTok and just talk and talk for hours. Do you see people doing that? Is that wild? I do. You just sit there, look at the screen, and talk and talk and talk. Like wow! And and I feel like I know that dude has kids. He has this time. It's amazing. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Baby's Best Sleep. You can find Lisa at BBS underscore L-I-Z-A. You can book a call with us at babiesbestsleep.com. Certification begins in uh, two months and two days, and we are probably already half full, which is pretty bananas. Um, So if you're interested in doing this work uh, with your your community if you're 
already a mental health practitioner and you want to add these um, qualifications to your repertoire, this is amazing for you. Um, I think that's it. Anything else you want to say, Lisa, it. before we go? We did it. I just have a good I, one. I, like, I'm going to shock you <laughs> with the fact that I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> good on all of the things we talked about yes it would probably be a better podcast if you didn't and people know, would have to sit yeah, through we'll our, find our somebody else. okay all right you're out <laughs> all right see you later everybody bye <laughs>